0: Hi everyone, welcome back. I am Astuti, your host, and you are listening to Uplift My Life Today podcast, one that offers practical tips and inspirations to create the life you love without feeling overwhelmed. Today's episode is the second part of the Clutter Your Life series. And I am going to share with you how I decluttered my possessions and belongings that saw me with only keeping 10% of it. So when you are searching for inputs on how to declutter what you have, this episode is for you. Hello all, great to have you joining again in this episode. At the end of the last one, I shared briefly that I did two decluttering processes, one for my physical possessions, and this had been completed. The other one is for my belief system, which is still going on. These declutterings are done because I want to create some mental and physical space to help me enjoy new experiences, learnings, and relationships that I really, really am now starting to attract into my life. So today, I'm going to share with you um, my reflections about the physical decluttering. And hopefully this can serve as inputs for you and your journey. Before I start with the whole decluttering (laughs) process that I did, I think it's very important for me to speak about how our physical environments impact us. And for that, I'd like to take you on a journey to two very different places and what I'd like to request of you as we go through these journeys to observe your body throughout, okay? So if it's possible for you, I'd like you to close your eyes and, but if it's not, just listen intentfully and imagine what I'm asking you to do. Okay. So the first destination we're going is a thrift shop. Basically, it is a shop that sells second-hand items. In Switzerland, we call this Brocki or Broken House. So, I'd like you to now take a deep breath and as you exhale, imagine you are standing in front of a thrift shop. Okay. Now, As you open the door of this shop, I'd like you to see yourself entering a large open floor filled with many, many shelves. So imagine you look to your right. This is basically the right side of the room and you see that this is a section where household things like mugs, glasses, plates, cutleries, pots and pans. And the likes are placed. They are placed on stacks and they're placed on these shelves, one after another one. As you look there, you see there are hundreds of items. And these items are made of different materials, colors, and they have different sizes and shapes. They are laid out on these shelves, just like items that, how items are laid out on shelves on grocery shops okay so just look at them for a few more seconds see the colors the shapes the materials the sizes all very different they're organized but they're different and now i'd like you to look into your left side where this where you will see this is a section of this large open space that house that houses books stationeries office equipment as well as some electronics so you'll find all kinds of things there the same as the other side there are hundreds of items of different sizes shapes materials and colors just glance over them one more time from left to right and now i'd like to observe your body and feel what your body is feeling at this moment now, I'd like to start walking towards the middle of the room. You will reach the section where the shop houses the beddings. So, items like pillows, bed sheets, bed covers, blankets, etc., they're all there, stacked on shelves, organized by colors, but it has different materials and patterns. All are organized, all are stacked next to one another. And as you glance one more time, you can see there's a lot of different items and shapes there. Good. I'd like you to continue walking further into the floor, into the shop. And you will reach a section where the clothing are. You can see hangers and hangers and hangers of clothes being hung. From t-shirts to dresses, from coats to pants, from handbags to shoes in all colors, materials, and sizes. Loads of them. They just hung one after another. Look at them one more time. And now I'd like to sense your body again. How do you feel? Are you tense? Drained? Energized? Excited? What do you feel? And then ask yourself, do you want to stay longer in this space? Or do you want to come out for fresh air? Just feel it in your body a little bit. And now, take a deep breath. And as you exhale, I'd like you to shake your body just a bit. Just to come back to your body again without being in this image. <laughs> Good. Ah, Now... We are going to go to the second place and it is a spa so now close your eyes again and take a deep breath and as you exhale imagine you are in your favorite holiday place in this very luxurious hotel and this hotel has a wonderful spa with wonderful treatments so inhale again as you exhale imagine that you are now walking on some kind of path outdoor towards the spa the spa is located a little bit away from the hotel so you're walking on this path and this path is really cutting or crossing a garden so as you walk you start to notice the garden and the garden looks so lush with healthy green thick grass and some wonderful trees, green tree, green leaves looking very healthy and the flowers are just blossoming just blossoming and has so many colors And as you walk down this path, you also feel a little bit of the breeze and a little bit of sun rays touching your skin. So breathe deeper and make your step towards the spa. As you come closer to the spa, you can smell a beautiful, refreshing, relaxing scent coming from the reception area. And from a distance, you can hear this soft, beautiful, relaxing music coming from the loudspeaker of the reception area I'd like you to start notice how you feel now how your body feels right now so you keep on going further and you finally reach the door where the reception of the spa is you open the door and as you enter the room on your right you see two comfortable wing-back chairs with a lovely round table in between these two chairs you look around and you notice there are some potted plants around the room very lush and healthy looking and on your left you see a large console table made of wood with beautiful pot of orchid sitting on top and just above the table hung on the wall you see a really large beautiful mirror As you move in further into the room, you look into the mirror and you see your beautiful face looking at the mirror. I'd like you to pause a little bit here and just feel how your body feels, okay. Now, I'd like you to move closer to the reception table, beautiful wooden table, and behind the table, there's this big, beautiful, calming painting hung there and you are being greeted by this wonderful, friendly, smiley person that asks you to wait for a little bit as the team inside is preparing for your treatment. So you decide to sit on the chair and sip the lemongrass tea that I offer you. Good. I'd like you to sense your body now. How do you feel? Are you relaxed or tense? Are you breathing deeper or fast or shallow? Just notice and I'd like to take a last deep breath and as you exhale, open your eyes. So, do you feel the difference between going to the thrift shop and to the spa? You know, what is fascinating about this whole thing is very likely when you're listening to this journey that I took you on just now, you're not, you were not in a spa nor in a thrift shop. But your mind perceives this experience as if you were and it makes your body respond in a certain way. That is just to let you experience that your mind and the environment when you, where you, it thinks you were or you are they are interacting all the time, nonstop, even when we're sleeping, even when you're sleeping. So, the type of environment you are in can distract or help you feel what you want to feel or do what you want to do. A study about this, a very interesting study called The Role of Physical Environment in the 21st Century Hospital were written by two scientists called Ulrich and Ziming in 2014, and their research shows that the conventional ways of hospitals that have been designed contributed to either the stress or the acceleration of their patients and staff outcome. Basically, poor design can adversely impact health and well-being. And these findings, I believe, is not only ho- applicable in hospitals. To tell you the truth, this is not even a new concept. Feng Shui is an ancient art and science that was formalized about 3,000 years ago in China. It is actually a, a, a thorough art and science that teaches us how to balance and harmonize the energies of any given space to match it with our energy or the people that are living in that space so then they can achieve their goals basically the better the flow of energy is in us and around us the healthier the more resilient we are and the easier it is for us to receive the abundance that is all around us every day so you may wonder by now so how does decluttering fits into this For me, decluttering is a purposeful process to decide for and use everything that uplifts me and at the same time letting go all that does not. The process emphasizes on quality. You may actually by now wonder whether there is an ideal amount of stuff uh, that we can keep in our lives to bring more energy into our life these days and the answer is no. It really is dependent on you. It's your decision. Some people truly can live happily, contentfully with only three pairs of shoes. I'm not one of those people. I need more than three shoes. So to bring this concept to life, let me share with you my experience with this. A context. So within a time frame of 14 months, I decluttered two living spaces, one in Indonesia and one in Switzerland. The first case is the case in Indonesia. As you may recall from the previous episode, I am an Indonesian who has been living in Switzerland since 2001. My parents lived in Indonesia, in Bandung. When my mother passed away, my siblings and me are left with a large house that had housed 43 years' worth of possessions, belongings, and life. My parents lived in that house since 1975. So my parents also led a very different lifestyle than us, the kids. And they were also born during the time of war, that they grew up with very little possessions. Throwing things away was not something neither they neither did know were taught at home. You can imagine how much stuff to declutter there. It was a family home, and still is, because there are three siblings who will use this house going forward. And the fact that there are multiple parties going to be using the space, this really influenced the process of decluttering. The second case is my home in Zurich. I live there alone, so I am a solo declutterer. The apartment I lived was a loft, So clutter was always a big no-no there. Every item in there had to be both beautiful and functional. I also have been a traveler throughout my adult life. I often purchase home decor from around the world as a memory of the journeys. It stems from carpet to painting to mirrors, you name it. Every piece I had there was very much loved and they were attached to a joyful experience. Now my life is changing, I choose to travel more. I will not use most of these things, so i rather that they go to other people who would use them. So I invest very little in terms of energy and money to take care of these items. This decision I made, it is requiring me to live in a different physical setup than I did before. Hence, there's no need to keep most of the things that I had. So think about it, just just an intermezzo here. Think about your childhood home. How our parents organized the space when we were toddlers was different than when we were teenagers, and it's simply because we required different support from our space for our growth. So the real point of this is that it is absolutely natural to evolve the space to support us as we are evolving ourselves. Now, back to the point. So these two projects, decluttering projects, they have very different scope of things. They are very different in nature. First, they have different scope, different challenges, different timelines, and there were different people involved. The first first project, which is the Indonesian one, is about a large family house that never was decluttered ever for 43 years to be used by multiple people going forward. And Zurich is the opposite of that. Zurich is a very streamlined apartment that was lived by one person only and already only housed things that was required for that space, for that particular chapter. Now, regardless how different these challenges were, I used the same exact five-step process in my decluttering journey. Mm -hmm. So the first step in this decluttering is setting up the intention clearly. And this is super super important because it is the one that you're going to refer back to as you go and make all the steps. So there are two layers into this intention. First, you need to decide what you want to use the space for. And the second thing you need to decide which which is attached to the intention is what kind of energy or feelings you want to invoke in this space naturally this this too is related to the bigger overall lifestyle changes that you want to have so let's make this point alive for the house in indonesia there were three people three parties involved and these three parties me and my siblings basically we have very different focus and different ideas on how we want to use the house for so we had to go through a very deep discussion about this. And it's very important because every energy or everything that we did with the space will impact everyone. So in this discussion, we realized that we have a common desire in that we want to connect closer with one another, with our friends and also with our extended family. And we decided that this house would be the hub in Indonesia for us to realize this wish. So the next thing that we did was we discussed the specific on how we want to use this place or this space for. And a few sentences were thrown in. To recharge, to rest, to reconnect, to basically to one another and also to the past, to work, to socialize, and to get together. These were the common things that we want to use the space for. And... We also then answer the second question, which is what feelings do we want to invoke there. And some words are being thrown in. Like light, airy, grounding, safe, rejuvenating, inspiring, cozy, informal, energizing, rooting, and eclectic. Eclectic because it's just housing all the different puzzles of our lives that we have in the form of possessions. So these were forming the the intention of of us in going through this decluttering process. When I was decluttering my apartment in Zurich, I used exactly the same questions and the answers I used as the guidance for me in the whole process. So once the first step was done, the second step in the process is planning. It is so important to plan well. Why? Because it takes energy, time, and sometimes financial investment as well. So what is there to plan? There are five areas that you think you need to plan for this. The first is the scope, the scope of the decluttering. Is it the whole space, the whole house, or is it just a portion of the space, or is it just multiple rooms within the space. And it's very important also when you decide that you allocate priorities again, each of this area. Oh, and by the way, when I'm speaking in this episode about decluttering, it's just a physical space. I'm not yet touching the life, the digital life that we have. This is for another episode. So back again. So Yes, it's really important that you're clear what you're going to work on and also priority against it, which one is the most important, second, third. So we're basically plan of attack, which one is the first, second, and third, etc. So the second area you need to plan is the timeline. Think carefully about this because how much time you, need, you allocate to this needs to be realistic. It is important that you avoid being dragged on in the process because you're too slow in making the decision, but also avoid being stressed because you've given yourself too little time to do things. So just be mindful when you are planning these things. Third, allocate responsibility. Who is doing what? If you are a solo declutterer, this is much more straightforward because you only have you to do this. But if it is a family house, you need to assign a project leader. So, for example, for our house in Indonesia, I was the project leader. It was a big house, so I engaged my siblings and my sister-in-law in in the decision-making. I took into consideration the time differences between Indonesia, Singapore, and the U.S. because we had to be very efficient and decisive. So, I set the ground rule that everybody agreed to and we proceed according to these rules. It sounded a bit heartless, but it actually is very important. With the cluttering process, this is what you want to keep in mind. You want to keep the momentum going as soon as you start, so it is very important to be efficient. The fourth area you need to plan is support for you. And what I mean by this, the support can be a professional or good friends or family, whoever you feel you can get from and need. In Zurich, I did mainly all the process by myself because it's already streamlined. I did get help from friends to deliver the donating the donations and also the throwaway items to relevant places in Indonesia. however, I engaged extensive help from two parties: one is a decluttering consultant and the other one is a logistic company. The consultant helped me to plan and execute the process. The logistic company took care of the whole logistic process from Getting rid of things to taking care of the donation, giving away to the donated places, and also selling, as well as moving the furnitures around in the house as we are finishing with, as we finish with, uh, deciding what to keep and not. I am, as a profession, a coach, and I help others to declutter, declutter their lives. However, at that particular moment, I am just a human needing support. As the decluttering process started in Indonesia, it was just 10 days after my mom passed away. I knew I needed help and the the scope is just way so big and I believe it was the best decision I took for that journey. Okay, so the last area that you need to plan is how you will organize the items you will keep and use. It is very important to focus that the reason why you want to reorganize your things is because you want to get to your things swiftly. So, in the planning phase, think carefully on how you want to organize your your stuff. Do a little bit of research, assess how much space you have, and and find creative ways to do uh, to organize your things. For example, from this process I learned many things about How I organize my things impacts me, literally. Because, for example, with clothes, I learned that hanging all my clothes instead of folding them gave me great visibility over what I have so I know what I have. And because of this, I get to wear most of my clothes because I can see them. And before, I think I'm probably just wearing like 30% of the clothes that I have, you see. So I make the most of the things that I have because of this. For example. So there are many many storage system that is suitable for you or maybe suitable for you. There may be ideas out there. One of them is you can google apartmenttherapy.com or even look at IKEA, but this is not the only two places. You can go to Pinterest pin and find different ideas there. What is very exciting is that it I know now that it really feels great to know that you are on top of your life basically. So as a summary of the second step, the second step in the decluttering process is to plan. And what you need to plan is the scope of the project, the timeline, responsibility allocation, support that you will use, and how you want to organize your things after you declutter. Move on to the third step of the decluttering process. And this is basically very, very easy. We want to have quick wins. Therefore, as much as possible, split the obvious things that are meant to be thrown away from the rest of the stuff you have before you actually select them and get these out of your space as soon as possible. Why is it important? Because you need space to the decluttering and you need more energy. So the things that you definitely will not want to keep, get them out first from your space. And don't forget to say thank you to all these items before you throw them away. As at one point or another, they were very useful for you. So now the fourth step of the decluttering, which is... The selection of the process and what do you want to select? Do you want to select things that you want to use and keep or let go? Marie Kondo, the author of The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up, The Japanese Art of Decluttering and Organizing, has an interesting approach to select the items and I really, really like her method as it aims for what I want. It's basically I want more energy and space in my life through the selection of the proper things to keep. The criteria in her method is only one, and it is joy. Marie teaches us to surround ourselves with items that spark joy. She teaches us basically to physically take off each of the items that we want to decide on, take it and bring it closer to our hearts, and take a deep breath and to feel whether this item brings a feeling of joy or not. If yes, keep it. If not, let them go. In the body, when you feel joy, it often feels as if your body is expanding rather than contracting or shrinking. Her method really teaches us to keep only items that spark joy in our body. So do that one after another one after another one the one that you want to keep, put it in the pile where it says keep. The one that you want to let go is either donate or sell or throw away. So just allocate it accordingly. Now this is a point for you who really want to sell things. Selling things takes time and energy. So if you decide to do so, make sure you give yourself a deadline and enough energy to prepare the selling. and if they're not sold within this period of time, just give them away. The point of this is really to, as soon as possible, have your space and reclaim your space and reclaim your energy by letting go the things that you will not use anymore. Okay, this is something you need to remember. Stay in the big picture. And now the fifth step of the decluttering process, which is the last step, which is apply the new way of reorganizing. You have done your research. Now you just have to just reallocate your things so it makes sense to you. So, yeah, those are the five steps in decluttering. It's a lot of information, I know, uh, but this has been very, very efficiently working for me. Um, I also would like to acknowledge that there had been challenging times in this process for me. Letting go is an emotional process, particularly the one in Indonesia. As I mentioned earlier, the decluttering process there started 10 days after my mom passed away, and it took us 90 days to complete. Not only that we decluttered the place, but we also fixed and renovated parts of the house that Nick's fixing Because we could see what was not going well, as well as refurbishing and redecorating the whole house. It was very intense. And this was why I engaged help for me. I must share with you that there were tearful moments in this process. And there were times when I just could not and refused making decisions at that time because it felt too much. It was really emotional process and understandably it is because letting go is an emotional journey so I have a few practical tips for you to overcome some of these hurdles if you experience them first is always drink a lot of water during this process just make sure there's a bottle of water next to you it really really helps being hydrated is important The second thing is open the windows and the doors so air is flowing all the time. Take some short moment, three or two, three minutes every now and then to breathe deeply. Okay, it's very, very important. The third tip I have is when it gets too emotional, pause for a bit. Go for a walk, take a nap. Do something. I was advised to take a couple of days off at some point because it felt so draining and so tiring for me. And during those two days, I was asked to go for something that I consider fun, going for a walk, going swimming, going watching movies, read books, something, something that is not related to this long period of, selecting. So it doesn't need to be a couple of days, but just take time. I believe it was one of the best advice anyone could give me at that point. The fourth tip I have for you is to allocate a regular starting and ending time for decluttering process because structure help you to manage yourself. For example, when I was in Indonesia, I started at 10am and finished around 5 with one hour lunch break and a couple of coffee breaks every day, every, every day to just take a, a pause. I did something similar also in Zurich, and that really helped. The fifth tip that I have is start with an area that is easiest for you to do, and end with the most challenging. For me, the hardest one to declutter is the photos, the mementos, and everything. There were a lot of teary moments there, But I just gave myself extra time for this part. More time than the other areas. It was worth it. But it needed a bit more energy then. And the last tip that I had for you is celebrate when you're done. In ways that feel good for you. You can invite friends over to your new place or decluttered place. Or just simply go on R&R just like me to rest and recharge. Just celebrate you and what you've done and celebrate also the newness that are coming into your life. As we are reaching to the end of this episode, I'd like to learn really the most important lesson from this experience. What I learned is that it is actually natural for our space to evolve as we The people who live in that space evolve and we are growing every day. In fact, it's not only natural, it is mandatory because we are highly, highly influenced by the space around us. I cannot tell you really how much lighter my life has been since I did these two processes, not to mention how much clearer my mind has been. I am able to hear and feel myself more. I can be much more sensitive to myself and to my needs. Not only that, I started to have new experiences, deeper friendships, and I started to meet new very interesting people that otherwise I wouldn't have time for. There is just so much words can express, really. So just go for it. Just experience it you'll know what I'm talking about. There's nothing to be fearful about. It is very natural. So I would like to thank you for being in this episode because you're showing up for yourself. There's a lot of information here and you may want to listen to it again. Feel free to do that. I'd also like to invite you to share with me your thoughts and questions. Maybe you have better tips. To do that, the easiest would be to write me at astuti at upliftmylife.today. One more time, astuti at upliftmylife.today. Do share, do ask your questions, do give me some inputs that work for you. I'd love to hear from you. I also look forward to seeing you again in the next episode. And the next one will be about my process to declutter my beliefs that would be also another fun one to to enjoy so until then be well and in the meantime happy decluttering and keep uplifting your life every day bye everybody